Hi, this is Bannon Backus with an exciting pre-show announcement. You're about to listen to the 10th episode of The Gone Show. That's right, we're now in the double digits. And to celebrate, I'm offering listeners the chance to win what is perhaps one of the most unusual prizes to ever be offered. I'm offering listeners the chance to win an item that was discussed during one of my personal favorite episodes of The Gone Show, a vintage, unopened bottle of orbits in near mint condition that's right you could be the owner of your own bottle of orbits you can use it as a paperweight use it to scare your neighbors maybe even drink it and if you do that i definitely want to hear about it so all that you have to do to enter is follow the gone show facebook page find the recent post about the giveaway it's hashtagged first annual orbits giveaway and comment on the post with the phrase screensaver massacre screensaver massacre do those things between now and sunday march 15th and you might be the listener who will be randomly selected to receive this bottle of orbits again Follow the Gone Show Facebook page, comment on the giveaway post with the phrase Screensaver Massacre, keep your fingers crossed, and I'll announce the winner on Monday, March 16th. Good luck, and thank you for your continued support of the show as we begin our 10th episode. Enjoy, and thanks again. Welcome to The Gone Show, the show where my guests and I explore anything and anyone that is now gone or might as well be. On tonight's show, we're going to be talking about one of the most widespread fads of the 1990s, a game referred to by many with a simple four-letter word, Pogs. And now, joining the world and beyond from the Gone Show studio in the American Midwest, the host of the Gone Show, Bannon Backus. Good evening and thank you for joining us for the Gone Show. With me tonight are Jay Stewart, who has preserved his essence by becoming a brain in a jar. Thank you for having me here once again. I always enjoy being here. Englishman John Mad Jack Mitten, who passed away in 1834 and now manifests himself as an oversized mouth and mustache. And I remember it all as if it were only yesterday. And last but not least, Stanislaw Kapustin, a cosmonaut who also was a member of a still-classified project of the Soviet space program. On behalf of Mother Russia and myself, I am happy to be here. Now, the last time that you were here, Stanislaw, you informed us that your pet guinea pig, Sputnik, had been injured during re-entry into Earth's atmosphere. Can you provide us with any updates on his condition? We've, we've all been pulling for him. Yes, please do. It's all that I've been thinking about. I am happy to let all of you know that Sputnik's hair is now almost fully regrown. That is very good news. The only concerns had by doctors now are psychological in nature. Well, just be sure that he doesn't start to nibble on the tiny leather couch. You know, you just made me realize, John, that the closest thing to a straitjacket that we could put on you now would be a muzzle. 
You very droll. The medical doctors who helped to make my neural containment system were worried at first that living as I do now would lead to insanity. Well, for what it's worth, I certainly haven't seen any indication of that, Jay. Me neither. I'm over the moon. Stinislaw Kapustin has been over the moon. All over the moon, as a matter of fact. I would tell you more, but that mission is still classified. Well, you know that I'm a fan of all things outer space, so be sure to let us know when it's no longer classified. Stinislaw Kapustin will keep you posted. Fair enough. Now, on to tonight's topic. It's about something that sparked a widespread mania, and unless you were around to witness it, you would probably find the intensity of this fad hard to believe, especially when you really break down the cause. Of course, as anyone who was a child in the 1990s already knows, I'm talking about pogs. What was that? Pogs. Pogs? Is that some sort of pork product? No, it's the name of a game. It's also the name of one of the game's pieces. As a matter of fact, Pogs are very, very close to Stinislaw Kapustin's heart. Really? In the 1990s, Stinislaw Kapustin was engaged to be married. Her name was Misha. Then she bought me a set of Pogs with Star Trek The Next Generation characters printed on them. She knew that I liked the show. Star Trek The Next Generation? It sounds like she was a keeper. She was more beautiful than Valentina Tereshkova and smarter than Sofia Kovalevskaya. Unfortunately, she died in a very tragic mathematics accident. A mathematics accident? I, I'm so sorry to hear that, Stanislaw. Yes, you, you have my deepest sympathy, Stanislaw. Yes, that's too bad, old chap. So... Did the two of you get the chance to multiply before you were divided by maths? John, you know, if you think that just because I pun, I don't care, you're sorely mistaken. I take love very seriously. Misha lives on in Stanislaw Kapustin's heart, and near my heart hangs one of the pogs that she gave me, and I have turned it into a necklace. Here, I will show it to you. I see. That's a touching tribute, Stanislaw. Uh, For those listening, Stanislaw is showing us a pog with the Star Trek The Next Generation character of Captain Picard printed on it uh, that he has turned into a necklace. You are a very kind gentleman, Stanislaw, and I'm happy to know you. Yes, you're a cracking mate. And rest assured, even though I have no idea what a star track is, if I had eyes, I'd be crying. I apologize, Stanislaw. I had no idea that you had this type of connection with Pogs. I'd, I'd be more than happy to cancel this episode and have us reconvene with a different topic. That will not be necessary. Stanislaw Kaboston has explored more of the cosmos than you will ever know. Then I have learned enough about the mysteries of our very existence to be at peace with Misha, having moved on and become something even more beautiful. I might not even need eyes. Well, if you change your mind, Stanislaw, just say the word. Um, in the meantime, why don't we take a break? We'll be right back. Everywhere that you look, you see fur coats, coonskin caps... 
and people eating venison. Yes, there are a lot of animals out there that are being used for food and clothing, but there's one that most people seem to have forgotten about, the turtle. Hi, this is Leonardo Green, better known throughout the world as the Tortoise Tamer, and I'm here to tell you about my go-to-shell training course. I spent my life becoming the world's greatest hunter and user of turtles, and with my highway-to-shell training course, I'm going to pass along all of my knowledge and skill to you. Available in a set of five Blu-ray discs, the go-to-shell training course will not only teach you the easiest and most efficient method for capturing turtles, it will also teach you what to do with them after they've been caught. You'll learn everything from my grandmother's recipe for turtle jerky, to transforming a turtle shell into an all-natural athletic cup, to making up to four turtle foot back scratches from one animal. Of course, turtles don't move very quickly, but you should, because if you order today, I'll throw in a copy of my autobiography entitled Killing the Turtle, Sparing the Hare, the Leonardo Green Story. So visit my website, go to Shell Training Course, and purchase your videos today. This is the Tortoise Tamer, hoping to see you on the highway to Shell. Hi, I'm Bro. And I'm Plunger. And if you didn't listen to Bro and Plunger in the mornings today because you were too hungover to get up that early or something else that's really stupid, here's what you missed. So I'm in a sorority. Are you hot? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm pretty hot, I guess. <laughs> that's hot. So I'm in a sorority, and as part of my initiation, one of my sisters lanced a hemorrhoid from a frat boy and put it on a wheat thin, and I had to eat it. Oh! Ow. Actually, I've had wheat thins before, and that's probably the only way to give them some flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Bro and Plunger in the mornings. Check your local radio listings for showtimes. Welcome back to The Gone Show. Welcome back to The Gone Show. Jay Stewart, John Mitten, and Stanislaw Kapustin are joining me this evening, and tonight we've been discussing Pogs, a connection to which Stanislaw has been both kind and gallant enough to share with us. I must say, I'm still not entirely certain what these bloody things are. Right, well, like I said, Pogs is the name of a game, and it consists of just two things, Pogs and Slammers. A Pog, like we saw earlier, is nothing more than a cardboard disc about the size of a half dollar. A Slammer can be just another Pog, but it's often something slightly larger and heavier than a Pog, but still circular. And the game is played by stacking any number of Pogs face down and throwing down a Slammer on the pile. Any Pogs that are upturned from that are a positive for whoever threw the Slammer. Multiple players can keep score any number of ways. They can agree that any upturned Pogs will be kept by the player responsible, too. Well, that sounds like a pleasant enough game. Actually, it being somewhat innocent is what led to it becoming a worldwide phenomenon. In the early 1990s, a school teacher named Blossom Galbiso in Hawaii introduced the game, which she had played as a child, to her students, not only as a way to aid in teaching, but also to provide an alternative to more violent games. And this reintroduction is what led to the aforementioned phenomenon. And what about this name? Pogs. No, Pogs. It originates from an acronym for passion fruit, orange, and guava. That was the name of a juice sold by... 
Haleakala Dairy in what is now Hawaii. The containers for the drinks included caps that were repurposed, mostly by kids, I would assume, to play the game. Stinislaw Boston has never actually played the game, but I think that my expertise in plotting atmospheric re-entry would be beneficial. Have you ever played this game? Yeah, I played it a little bit when I was in middle school, but I more or less just collected them. You, I see. You were better than the mindless masses, is that it? That's not what I'm saying in any way, John, but thank you for putting those words in my mouth. I'm a mouth. You sure are. But, as a matter of fact, I do have a relatively vivid memory of walking into the lunch area of my middle school and being surrounded almost entirely by the sights and sounds of people playing pogs. And I do remember getting that creepy feeling that you get sometimes when you notice that all of the people around you are doing the same thing, but not on purpose. Like people driving ladders on the Minsk Beltway. Uh, maybe. Stinislaw Kapustin is certain that it is. Then that's good enough for me. Anyways, where there's a fad, there's money to be had, and in 1993, a man by the name of Alan Rapinski, having bought the necessary trademark from Haleakala Dairy, founded the World Pog Federation and established it as the game's official organization. Alan Rapinski. That name sounds familiar. Uh, in doing my due diligence, one thing that I found out about him is that he's the one who, in the 1970s, founded Armor All, which is the company that makes all of those car care products. Yes, that's right. So, by the time he started playing with Pogs, so to speak, he had business experience. To say the least, because one source shows that the World Pog Federation made $25 million in its first 18 months. That's a lot of Pugza. I mean Pogs. You bet your sweet stash. For better or worse, though, the hysteria only lasted a few years, and by the late 1990s, they were abandoned like a flaming bag of dog feces. Feds are short-lived. Like most living things that are exposed to the vacuum of space. All of this talk of games reminds me of the parties that my wife and I would host in the 1950s. But our game of choice was Parcheesi. Oh, that's a good one. It's been a while since I've played it, but if I remember correctly, it can get a little ruthless. Yes, but it can also get a little unusual. During one such party, we were a few hours into a very pleasant evening of martinis and parcheesi when the doorbell rang. If you opened it to find a flaming bag of dog feces, I'm going to be very disappointed. I opened the door, and as I did so, I was confronted by a man with a very oddly proportioned body. Oddly proportioned? How so? Well, his head was very, very small, and his waist and upper legs were very, very wide, and all of his clothes were the same color. Blue, if I remember correctly. Anyway, I had barely opened the door when this man began to weep. Weep? As in the secretion of tears? Yes, and in between his sobs, this man proceeded to tell me that he had lost his dice and was unable to get home without them. 
Then he dropped to his knees, grabbed hold of my trousers, and began to beg me for a pair of dice. Yikes. Did you call the police? The guy sounds crazy. We probably should have, but after the martinis, we were all in an agreeable mood, so one of my guests grabbed the Parcheesi dice and gave them to the stranger. And let me tell you, you would have thought that he had just been given a new gold watch. Ah, I've never seen a man so happy. What did he do then? Well... After wiping the tears from his eyes and thanking us from the bottom of his heart, we all watched as he turned around, rolled the dice on the sidewalk in front of him, picked up the dice, and took several steps forward. Then he stopped, rolled the dice, picked up the dice, and took a few more steps forward. All of us stood in the doorway and watched him do this over and over again until he was out of sight. But even then, you could still hear the soft, sharp sound of dice on concrete amongst the crickets chirping in the night. Wow, that is a weird encounter. Did you ever see him in your neighborhood again? No, but something tells me that he's still out there, playing a game of chance with every step. The world makes for a rather large game board. Here's hoping that he always rolls sixes when the weather turns. Well put, John. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Jay, do you have anything that you'd like to add about Pogs? No, I I don't believe so. It is nice that the game doesn't require dice, I suppose. John? It sounds as though it would have been a fun way of gambling a few sovereigns. Can't just have fun, huh, John? What? I said gambling. And, Stanislaw, is there anything more that you'd like to say about Pogs? The circular shape of the Pog reminds Stanislaw Kapustin of those things with no end one of which may very well be love. Well, it's hard to add anything more substantive than that. I suppose that one of the things that does end is a fad, but when you consider that some people believe the origin of Pogs might be traced back even further than what was once the territory of Hawaii, all the way back to a game from 17th century Japan, you have to remember that sometimes fads come back. Thank you for joining me here tonight, and thank you for listening. Until next time, good evening and good gone. The Gone Show was produced, created, performed, and written by Bannon Backus. The Gone Show was a presentation of BoomTube, B-O-O-M-T-O-O-B. All rights are reserved. Visit BoomTube online at BoomTube.com and Facebook.com slash BoomTube Network.